Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Our coterie's beast got the better of them again, and the peacemaker was Doris? Everett smashed a gift to Evangeline from Costas to escape his compulsion. Evangeline tried to confront the sheriff about his behavior, but was overtaken by her beast. Val found some compassion for Everett when she learned how young a vampire he is, and Doris reluctantly agreed to help keep the group under control if their beast kept rising to the fore. But what will the coterie discover when New Haven's coroner reports on the newly discovered bodies? Abandon hope. All ye who listen here... You are all filing into the evidence locker in the sheriff's station. The first person through the door, who would that be? Uh, Me, Everett. Great. Everett's leading, followed by the rest of you. Uh, You've all read the files, but it'll be good for you to get it recapped while also looking at some of the bodies. Evangeline, when you step into the room, though, you are thrilled to see and surprised to see Dr. Kate Holloway, who mechanically is one of Evangeline's uh, touchstones. But for the rest of you, you just see a professional-looking woman of a Kate Mulgrew-esque style in the, like, 30s. So, like, captain of Star Trek Voyager-era Mulgrew uh, in a in a lab coat-looking professional. But, Evangeline, you've known Kate for a long time. So what is your greeting to this friend you have not seen in quite some time? Um, It's... Uh... I, I, Evangeline just like runs up to her. She just like dashes over, just like Kate. Kate, hi. Wait, you're you do uh, wait humans too. Well, you know, ever since I came to New Haven, I've been working at the hospital, doing a little bit of the coroner. Now Stella's in a coma, so you're looking at the new functional right. lead of Desanti General Hospital. Ooh, wow. Uh- that's good to see you, though. Congratulations. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, she got bitten so, by a haunted snake. I'm, yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry about that. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was there. Oh, uh, uh, what? Oh, 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 they said somebody gave us a snake in a bag. It felt like a you thing. That felt like a you thing. Was that a yeah, you thing? That was me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't. I'm so sorry. I couldn't stop it. Oh, oh, I don't I don't know why you're owning this. Unless you brought the snakes, not on you. No. That's on the snake crazies. We're no. gonna kill them though, right? Like that's that's the plan. She oh, looks yeah. at Everett and looks at the others. So it's like snake people bad. Everett Fuck, yeah. nods. Ghost Good. snakes are a lot harder to kill. I believe you. I believe you. They said this was an intense room and it is a little bit intense, but we can make this work. We can make this work for all of you. And you look around and <sighs> Normally, this is a bit of a mishmash of shelves. It's very disorganized. It's a large space, but it's not as organized as you would expect from a typical police force, mainly because in New Haven, if you are guilty of a crime, you're executed. So there's not a whole lot of need for elaborate case tracking once the suspect has been identified. 
but Troy does his best. He's trying to follow the organizational principles that Doris has upstairs in her room, which does not help him because he cannot quite understand them, but he's trying. Uh, however, they've managed to chill this space. And they've got the the shelves have been pushed up against the walls, and there are a number of tables laid out. There are five for the five bodies with a cloth laid over each of them. Uh, and Dr. Holloway says, I can walk you through what we've got here so you can all understand. Obviously, we've got five victims. The youngest is 32. The oldest is 65. Found with puncture marks in their necks. Clearly not vampire bites. It's It's a clumsy fake job. It was not even as far as I can tell with human teeth that looks like it was a mechanical instrument. They're just too perfect and not ragged. And the bodies were not drained of blood. They're still, as far as I can tell, packed top to bottom. Uh, we've, we've done some research. I'm sure you've seen, and you all had in the reports, that there are three bodies from the Nosferatu quarter. One is identified as someone living in the Malkavian quarter, and one is a body found from the Gangrel quarter. None of the victims seem to have known each other. We don't know what's going on. The real mysteries happened uh, when I opened them up and started going into the talk screen. They were all poisoned. Something very nasty. I don't know what it is. It's too chemically complex. It looks like a mix of household items. All very toxic. All very, very uh, deadly. And when I open these people up, there are two things worth tracking. One, they all had ice cream in their stomachs. That's a universal truth of all five. And two... They were all partially frozen internally. So, oh, so. Can you tell? Sorry. I was just going to say we're. I don't I don't think it's too much of a leap to say that. Someone's concocting a poison on their own and killing vampires but doesn't have a sense of how they work exactly they're human yes these are human are all immortal. i can confirm that oh now. from the brew from the brew it, it, so they're as far the, as the i can tell gotcha. no, this is a reasonable Humans. thing they appear to have had bike bite marks put on them post-mortem no bruising nothing else around them that had nothing to do with the cause of death right so the punctures do not appear to have been from some sort of delivery system putting these toxins in their bodies. As far as I can tell, it's it's related to the ice cream. They ate it. They these puncture marks. I I hate to speculate, but I've heard there's a theory from one of you <coughs> that maybe somebody was trying to make it look like a vampire did this and they didn't. If we were going to look at the traditional evidence, we have frozen bodies. I don't know time of death cuz they've only thought now. It's a pretty good forensic countermeasure. Somebody brought them dumped them, tried to blend them in with the other bodies at the site. They just are stupid. If I were an evil ice cream shop owner, if I, I could just lure people in with ice cream and then stuff them in a freezer. Yes, we are stepping outside of my expertise. I'm really here for the body stuff, but if you're looking for an extra brain, that sounds pretty good to me. Does anybody know any evil ice cream shop owners? Could be a shop. Could be an ice cream truck. Could be this person's mobile. Which I mean, uh, this could be ice cream from the store that, and these people all came over to someone's house for dessert. I, 
and then got frozen in that person's house. Doctor, uh, for the uh, toxicology, um, does everyone have the same dosage in their bodies? Approximately. It seems like it's they, there are slight differences. Again, this feels like, if I had to guess, a homemade mix. So they seem to be experimenting with it. The lethality may be slightly up or down, depending on ingredients or availability. But it's consistently roughly the same chemical makeup. And Barty, I, he mentioned something about missing persons reports. Uh, and you remember Everett. I think if anybody would remember these details. Also Val, the other two of you. Well, let's find out if you're not. If everybody could roll me an intelligence and investigation. Let's see who knows what. And then they can tell the group. <laughs> Through my voice. <laughs> uh, Evangeline got two successes. No successes. One successes. <laughs> Four successes. All righty. So I was right. Only Everett knows. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> uh, but Everett, you can look at your files and the missing report persons reports that you've seen for these individuals have taken place over the last four-ish months. So it's not mm. likely that they all disappeared at the same time. It seems that this has been uh, staggered over time with, you can't really tell, but traditional serial killers, you'd start to see some acceleration between the murders. It's possible just with missing persons reports and none of them were like tremendously popular. They tended to live alone. They didn't have like big families directly linked to them. That's possible that this is something more targeted as opposed to something more random. You I mentioned... Last... Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you mentioned three quarters that the body was bodies were from, but what's the one quarter that they're not? The Bruja quarter? There were no bodies from the Bruja quarter. Okay. Mm. Uh, okay, go ahead, Tyler. Uh, just noting that, you know, Everett's last case as a legitimate police officer, a legitimate detective, was a serial killer with like vampire like uh evidence or evidence to suggest someone was pretending to be a vampire turned out that person wasn't pretending uh in that scenario but this is kind of <clears throat> i think i think triggering some sort of like some flashbacks and a little bit of nostalgia is too friendly a word but like a, a dreadful sense of familiarity uh for for everett um, he'll say, uh, doctor, do any of these victims have, uh, defensive wounds or anything like that? Nothing like that, that I can see, but if they were taking this toxin with the level of nastiness going on here, they would be out to the point of comatose within minutes, possibly seconds, depending on most of their stomachs were pretty empty to begin with, which means their uptake would be real fast. Right. So strongest theory so far is that they did indeed uh, willingly eat this poison, likely under the pretense of consuming ice cream. Uh, Probably in the Bruja Quarter. Uh, it's, it's a decent idea. It's worth checking out. Could Thank also you, be that nobody wants to mess with a Bruja, even if they're mortal. But, uh, I think we should start with uh, looking into any kind of ice cream parlors, 
or ice cream trucks, that kind of thing, before we have to, you know, entertain the idea that this is just ice cream in some random person's house. That's going to make the search a lot harder. We might as well start with what we know and go with that. Um, I also hate to give you unfortunate news. I've tried to keep this case under wraps at the hospital, but some of the orderlies have heard about it. I made some, let's just say threats, but we probably have about 48 hours tops before this leaks to the general public. And you guys gave a really good speech. Great work, Evie. Uh, Keeping everybody calm about threats in the city. So if you could just tie this up in like the next day or two, that'd be real good for all of us. Yeah, that would be swell, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Um, Any other body questions or should I leave you to get to work? As as grateful as I am for for all this information, uh, do you have anything else for us? Honestly, let me do a roll. <laughs> let, let me find out what she knows. This is a good question. <clears throat> Intelligence and investigation. With it being medicine, there's a bonus. She's so she rolled three successes. I'm not a psychological expert, but I could give an opinion. I'd like to hear an opinion. I think you got somebody here who's smart enough to use basic forensic countermeasures, but dumb enough to think that they can guess what a vampire would do or that we're not looking that closely. So this is this is somebody who's actively out there. There there is this belief, thanks Hollywood, that serial killers all have to be geniuses. Like it's not true. The average one is like below average intelligence. You know, they drive a car that looks like a cop car because they tend to like authority. Yeah, right. Tend to be male, mid-30s, that kind of shit. But, like, I think you're looking towards something like that. This does not feel children of Lilith to me. No, it does not. Certainly not if this is how the bodies ended up, just corpses, you know. the. Yeah, and we're in a town with the best basic universal income Ever, there's there's no reason to you're not gonna rob these people. Like there's no motive. Right. Right. At least not that I'm aware of. Well yeah. it also sounds like it's probably not a fucking vampire, because they would know more about vampires then, right? Could Theoretically, be. they drain the person. We've had a couple of like stray vampires journey into town and it's always been drained to zero same with all of the children of lilith bodies they were completely drained also if you're serving ice cream you're serving it during the day the ice cream truck killer all right well well let's wait for maybe the 48 hour mark before we give him some sort of sensational name hopefully we can wrap this up before then Please don't say that near my orderlies. I, we're going to lose like a solid day and a half on how much I could keep them quiet if there's a nickname. All right. So go in theory is that it is immortal, a human being, likely serving ice cream during the day when it's hot out. My Someone guess, who wants New Haven to fail. I just took on Everett's accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. The question is, did Laura or did Evangeline? <laughs> no, Laura did. <laughs> 
oh man, I switched accents with you. (laughs) What is happening? Um, I'm someone from the Bruja Quarter, perhaps. That's a good place to store. What's the very human phrase, don't shit where you eat? Is that that what it is? That's that's, it. That's very strange to me. That they have to remind themselves of that. My, uh, uh, mm. my last sort of guess based on what we have is that we should maybe favor trying to track down ice cream trucks because if you're driving an ice cream truck, you can track down, follow, single out your targets. Whereas if you're in one solitary location, kind of depends on who's coming and going. You can't really control that as well as choosing a place to drive to where your one victim may be. So uh, I think that's a good jumping off point. Well then, let's go sample some ice cream. Thank you, doctor. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Evie, call me. Uh, Everybody else, I'll pack up these bodies and get out of here. So the doctor packs up the core. The, the bodies are all being packed up with the assistance of Troy and Barty, who, again, shockingly strong despite his level of <laughs> physical train wreckness. But it's the joy of ghoul blood keeping him running. It's got that ghoul juice. Now, you've mentioned an interest in ice cream parlors and ice cream trucks. I'm imagining, would you look into those? Would you drive out and around and kind of look for them? Some of you have knowledge of the town, uh, whereas you also just have access to the full files on everything if you wanted to search digitally. Obviously, that's not an option for Doris, but everybody (laughs) else could look digitally. Yeah. Everett, I know, would want to leverage that kind of um, people's familiarity with the town and where some businesses may already exist, as opposed to just hitting the pavement and walking around and trying to find stuff. He would want to narrow the search a bit before heading out. I don't know about anyone else, but that would be wherever it's leading. Great. So Doris obviously has her memory of the town. So why don't we have everybody roll and we'll see what we come up with. So for Doris, we can go with, uh, and I would accept intelligence or wits mm-hmm. and investigation, which is just, Doris's beautifully photographic memory of the town. I uh, have no e- points in investigation. <laughs> well, that but is I, the, the weakness of just looking at things. Yeah, uh, I will I'll do intelligence, though. Yep. Uh, and then for the rest of you, uh, it could be intelligence or wits, and then I would take investigation. Uh, that's zero successes on my part. I don't think Doris has ever in, uh, Not an ice kept cream an thing. eye out for ice cream. <laughs> Two successes for Evangeline. I got two successes also. Sorry, I just tallied my dice up now. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) The investigation dice. The only thing I'm good at, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. (laughs) Not this time. Um, Okay, so I have, sorry, let me get on mic here. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five successes. Two of them are crits. No hunger dice, though. So that can become seven successes. Fuck okay. Yeah, man. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So uh, the rest of you, I mean, Doris thinks about ice cream and is very determined <laughs> that Bruja Quarter seems likely. Uh, 
the other two of you identify some shops and then Everett through your mastery of being able to put the picture together the most quickly in terms of files and knowing where to search for the specific details that you've been looking for, you can put it together the most sharply. So it turns out there are three ice cream shops in town that are uh, uh, that just sell ice cream. Obviously, there's a bunch of grocery stores, corner stores, all that kind of stuff, but you're focusing on three shops specifically. There is Dairy Cream, which is in the Gangrel <laughs> Quarter, which was a Dairy Queen that ran out of money to pay for its license, and when they bought the city of New Haven, it was just converted into a knockoff. Awesome. Uh, and it is run by Addie Morissette. Uh, Dairy Cream, however, of these three, does not have a truck. Dairy Cream is just a physical location in the Gangrel Quarter. Uh, and the, the far east side of the Malkavian Quarter, which again is between Gangrel, uh, Gangrel and Nosferatu, uh, that's Bertrand Bort's Every Flavor Creams. <laughs> God damn it. It is a store owned by a man named Bertrand Bort. Uh, you can look, the name was legally changed to match the store. But uh, there's that, and that store does have its own truck. And then in the Nosferatu quarter, there is Glycremia Inc., an awkward pun on glycemia that is just a truck with no physical location. And that is owned by a man who goes by Hootie Tootie Rudy. <laughs> wow. Though his legal name is Maximov Vantor. <laughs> wow. Now that I've written all that out, I'll have to write AKA Maximov Vantor. <laughs> Those are the three shops that are specifically ice cream. Again, you've got one that's a physical location. You have one that's a physical location with a truck and you have a third that is just a truck. Um, of those, two of them live in their stores. So Bertrand Bort, and uh, Addie Morris said, "Who owned Dairy Cream? They their their house is listed as their location within New Haven." Uh, Glycremia Inc.'s owner, Hootie Tootie Rudy. Thank you, <laughs> Patreon. Uh, Hootie Tootie Rudy lives in the Bruja Quarter, um, but the truck is licensed uh, and stored in the Nosferatu Quarter. Hmm. It's Nosferatu Quarter. That's that's where most of the bodies came from. Correct. Do we know if any of these individuals, these owners, are kindred versus being mortal? These three all appear to be mortal. It's a pretty niche okay. product in terms of it wouldn't sell to <clears throat> kindred. Uh, Glycremia Inc. does offer blood ice cream where it's been blended so that kindred can enjoy it. The other two locations do not. It's clearly just mortals who love ice cream who are selling ice cream. The human with the ridiculous name does seem uh, to be a prime target. I think now the, that it's it's the place to start. Indeed. I agree. Now that it's night time, it shouldn't be out in the truck. It should be parked. We know where it's stored. And we it, know where they live. And they don't live in where it's stored. So we can uh, examine the ice cream truck. That is an excellent point. Right. Well, then, I think we uh, start by... What's the best way to do this? I think we need to speak to the owner first before we investigate. We will investigate the truck, but I think we need to 
get answers from them first. And that way we can put it up against the evidence that we find. Uh, <clears throat> what's to stop him from saying there's nothing there and then going to get his truck and uh, leaving, sir? Because we'll go get the truck as well. We'll bring after, it after we finish speaking with him, we're going to go to the truck. I see. Hmm. Val, can you roll me uh, a wits and awareness? Four successes. Yeah, Val, you're aware that there's no due process. You can go talk to this guy, put him in your fucking trunk and drive to his truck. Like, of of anybody to be like, there's no rules, it's Val. (laughs) Val will just off of her police belt just pull up handcuffs. Like, we can just fucking detain him. Right. Right. Sorry. uh, Force force of habit. Uh, This is New Haven. Yeah. Somehow keep forgetting that. So, Everett, this is worth flagging for you. You do have the option of putting in some kind of fair due process here. Everyone's been working under the Camarilla laws, but you are the sheriff and you are the functional prince. So if you want to shut down any of these practices, you can. Um, I you don't necessarily f- have to decide now, but I just yeah, want to float it. No, I, I like Val kind of presenting a extremely effective solution to, you know, due process we've got 48 hours due process it's kind of like (laughs) well let's see how it works here in new haven (laughs) and if it ain't broke don't fix it (laughs) hashtag a cab all right so absolutely (laughs) all righty so you've got your plan it sounds like you're gonna go to the home first uh will you be riding in a squad car so you or are you going to be taking cherry I mean, unless Everett has any <laughs> thing to say about it, well, typically we'll just take everyone in cherry. Yeah, Everett doesn't have anything to say about it. And also is probably quite aware that s- s- even if it's Val's default, I feel like, I think Everett knows like Everett can't say Val, we're taking Cherry, even though it's what Val would want to do. After <laughs> Everett is like, no, that that wouldn't go over well. So it's really just whatever. Like, we're gonna get there. And you all you all walk out into the parking lot. <clears throat> Val, you go to Cherry. How do you tell people to just get in your car? What's your process? Val does not tell people to get in the car. It's like, everyone's going there. Val will get in the car and sit and wait with the car turned on. And if people take too long, she should probably fuck off. But she's just <laughs> not saying anything but will wait. Fabulous. Evangeline would naturally go to Val's car. Yep. And Evangeline, we know you get in the back because you've got Percy with you. So yeah. you can belt Percy in nice and safe. Doris, mm-hmm. you were walking out with Everett. And Everett, you realize Doris doesn't really do cars. Are you going to suggest the trunk? Are you going to ask if Val could put her on the roof? How do you want to help Doris be Doris? Oh, God, we need a longer term solution for this. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking trunker. Just, just trunker. Trunker. Is that what Val yells from the front? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It looks like we're taking, uh, Miller's personal vehicle. Uh, Barbara, are you okay to climb into the trunk again or? Her trunk is, is very comfortable. Oh, is it? Well, I'll, well, all right then. 
uh, uh, please uh, uh, allow me. And he'll just like open the trunk. (laughs) And she'll like, she'll climb in and then she's looking up at him and just say, um, sir, if I may, um, once we've captured the ice truck killer, um, we're going to have to deal with the eyes in the box. And then she'll just slowly pull the lid down. (laughs) I'm glad the killer's going to have to ride with her. Everett, you, you you walk away remembering she said it was comfortable, but seeing her in a nest made of shotguns. Uh, and right. Cherry pulls out, and you begin to head towards the location of Hootie Tootie Rudy. Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, and I am excited to invite you to join the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon. It's a great way for you to help our team keep creating shows that you love, and it's a cool opportunity for you to get neat things, too. At the $1 level, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord, so you can chat with other listeners and our cast in spoiler and non-spoiler channels so anyone can tag in. At the $5 level, we offer ad-free feeds for a bunch of our shows, so you won't have to hear us advertising our Patreon anymore. At $15, you get to submit names for NPCs, places, and things that we have to use in the shows, and we also have a Tips, Tricks, and Traps video where you can submit questions that our GMs and DMs myself and Tom will answer for you. And at $25, you can create your own NPC to join one of our active shows and get a special thank you at the end of every episode we produce. We've got a bunch of tiers where you can join, so please head on over to patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. Patreon.com slash dice. Please help support us and we'll keep new episodes coming. You drive into the Bruja Quarter. You're relatively close, actually, to the Bruja Quarter. Uh, the sheriff's office is in the northern edge of town. It's right between the Bruja and Nosferatu Quarter, so it's not a super long trip. Uh, Val, can you roll me a uh, a wits and a drive? Yeah. Okie dokie. Ooh, three successes. Great. How many times do you want to stop to make Doris guess <laughs> that you're there yet to bug Everett? <laughs> uh, oh boy. Uh I think it's it's a it's a few times near the police station, just like maybe even taking another lap around the parking lot. But then <laughs> but then after that, a totally normal drive because she's going into the Bruja quarter where the like people know her. So there's like no fucking around driving around there. <laughs> Okay, so you, you get probably we're gonna say eight or nine consistent <laughs> stops. Wow, where Doris could just see if they're there yet from her shotgun nest. Uh, after and you like pull up the fifth one, Doris starts to hear after every stop, ever just saying forty-eight hours, Miller. <laughs> forty-eight. Just just checking the back of the station, making sure it's safe. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Evangeline, can you roll me uh, a wits and a perception? Uh, sure. <laughs> where's where's perception? Uh, perception is... And also oh, is ironic. There, is there no perception? I thought there was. Nope, I read persuasion. <clears throat> I lied. Uh, Awareness? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. 
Can't find perception. That's funny. There's performance and persuasion above each other, and they have enough letters. My yeah, brain yeah, get yeah. confused. <laughs> Three successes. Three successes. You see some lumps in the the dumpster up back. And you're not sure what the hell they could be, <laughs> but you're you're not worried about it right now. You you got other shit going on. So I I, I mean we don't really know what the day crew does. Like really. That is true. So. And you did have a bunch of medical equipment get loaded yeah. in and out. And you don't know what may have broken or not. Yeah. Who so knows what you, kind of crazy you, shit they get up to? <laughs> <laughs> they fucking hate chairs. Yeah. Uh, that's, so, what I, that's what I've heard. <laughs> you all drive. Uh, you're in the Bruja Quarter. You end up in a quiet suburban neighborhood. Again, these all feel like older houses. All the construction style is somewhere between 1960s to 1980s. This was an old like town that was supposed to get big near the highway and then just didn't and it got purchased. So it has a bunch of those, those older style homes that have all been decorated in a little bit kind of like kookier or stranger ways. This house, however, is slightly more run down than the surrounding area. The whole property is chain link fenced off in that way where the chain link fence comes right up to the sidewalk and it's got a gate at the front. And you can see the grass is as alive as anywhere else. It's just not mowed. It's that three times the length of the nearby grass. Not so much that like the house is abandoned, but just clearly the owner doesn't really care about it. There's some gray brown vines that have grown up on the sides of the house and the hedges are a little bit messy. Uh, there are no lights on inside the house. That's not totally shocking for this neighborhood. It's probably about 10 p.m. if I was going to call a time. Uh, and I am because I'm making up the story. So it's 10 p.m. Fuck me. Hell but yeah. all the, the rest of the street, <laughs> you're still seeing lights on in a number of homes. Not all of them. Clearly, there are people who are daytime people or who may be out and about at night if they are kindred. Um, it doesn't stand out. But again, it's in the minority on those numbers compared to the others. When you look at the front, there's a poorly painted, uh, like peeling white paint front door with one of those diamond glass windows in the front. And then there are two big, like solid glass pane windows that are also facing out with curtains that are drawn. So you can't actually see into the house from where you are on the street as you pull up in front of it. What do you do? You've arrived. Um, I think Doris would climb out of the trunk. And once everybody was kind of assembled, she'd just say, um, um, if you want an easy end to this case, just I'll speak to him. I can just make him tell me things. It has to be the truth, Officer Barber. You can't just make him confess to a crime he's not committed. Well, I wouldn't do that. I just mean that I can make him tell me things. Well, good. I just wanted to make that distinction. I'm not sure. I want how to you catch the, the real. You do. I want to catch the real ice truck killer, sir. <laughs> good. Again, we don't want to give him a catchy <laughs> nickname just yet. Uh, we want the to avoid that if at all possible. <laughs> the look on her face says, too late. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The chain link gate at the front of the house is locked with a padlock. Doris, yeah. how do you get past it? Val will go break oh, that yeah. lock. Yeah. <laughs> Val's not going to. It's fine. Val's Val, how do you break it? Up. Is this a shotgun to the lock or are you using bare oh, hands? God. No, no. It's, it's, it's a bare hands. And she she is very knowledgeable about locks, but if it's just like a padlock, it's like, yeah, crush it. Nice. Let's get strength <laughs> and I would take streetwise or athletics. One's for muscles, the other's for I've broken this lock before. Would you take my extremely specific skill of larceny? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. God, yes. Breaking locks, right, yeah. Did you say Fuck strength? Yes. Uh, yeah, strength and larceny. 
Strength and larceny. I could do that. Right, See, that's good. Yeah. I forget the weird words are in there, but the, that's specifically what this I, role should be. It is be. specifically so what it's for, but. Yeah, if there are any other weird ones that pop up as we play where you're like, this is the one I want to use, yeah. I'm always up for you guys pitching, just to be cool. clear. You're a police officer proficient in larceny? Is I'm a recently a police officer. Thank you. Okay. Um, we're looking at just two successes on a lot of dice. Two successes. Val, you walk up to it. You're looking so fucking cool and you bend it and you just make the loop bigger. Like it's it's still <laughs> locking it shut. You've stretched the metal. Everyone's looking at you. Mm. What right. do you do or say? We're drop kicking this lock and fence. Fuck the, f like if we have to break the fence a little bit, it's fine. Just um, go. But Val, if I, if I may, um, perhaps two of us should go around the back so when the person inside hears us drop kicking his fence. Uh, he can't escape through the back. Good that's idea, Doris. Do. After I do that, I'll go around back. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Val, Strength no. plus brawl, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She's just in the back being like, no, Val, no. Too bad. Mr. Fry. <laughs> you know, if I have a crowbar or. He's just going forward, Mr. Fry. I would just go around the back. How if I tall were you. is this fence? There's four successes. I mean, the fence is like four and a half feet tall, but like this chain <laughs> link, we could just climb. Val kicks it over. It just bam, fence busted, gate busted, lock busted. You're good to go. It was loud. Yep. Val will run around to the back of the house and and look through the windows in case someone tries to run out a side or back door. Great. What's everybody else doing? Uh, yeah, Evangeline will direct. Ask Percy to go around the other side of the house and Vandal's going to follow, but Percy's faster um, and just bark if anyone's trying to escape. Great. Can you roll me charisma plus animalism at difficulty two? Uh, when the commands start to matter and get higher stakes, that's where your ability to, to get exactly what you want becomes slightly more in question. All right. All right. That is... We've got a messy successy plus another <laughs> success. So five successes. Percy knows what you want. And Percy sprints out in front of you and then dives low because there is an open window into the basement. And Percy is now inside the house doing what he thinks you want. And the window is too small for you to follow. Uh, uh. So you just hear like, bark, 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 whoop, under the house. Evangeline <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, has her hands in the air. Like, All right, so Evangeline, you have your hands in the air. Someone just knocked on the door. Yeah, Val, Val, can you roll me a, uh, I would take strength or dexterity, depending on whether you're bull rushing or trying to be more uh, athletic in terms of your run with athletics to get around to the back of the house. All right. We'll do strength and athletics. Just the book in it to the back of the house. That is two successes. I'm rolling like garbage. There's a lot of dice for not a lot of wins. Yeah, it, it rained a little bit today and it really pooled on this property. So it's a little slippery. You get some mud on your knees, but you're back mm -hmm. around the house and you don't see anybody having ran. Okay. Uh, they would have had to be really on it and you didn't hear doors or windows open. So you're pretty confident. Okay. Everett and Doris, you were, you were, what are you doing? She's just kind of looking up at him expectantly, being like, well, are you going to go first? Because I'm not. 
Well, let's, a glass cannon. Let's go get the dog, I guess. And Everett will walk up to the, the front door and okay. knock. There is no response. He will knock authoritatively and say, open up. It's the sheriff. No response. And thinking back to what Val said, he will try to kick the door in. All righty. Let's get strength, and I will take athletics or brawl. Uh, I'll do athletics. You can also surge if you want, which will be a rouse check, but it'll add an additional die to the roll. I'm rolling I'm rolling four dice. Everett is not a strong man. Um, that's I'm not going to risk it. I think I think he's a little gun shy about this beast scenario that he still doesn't really know anything about. He's just confessed to not having full control of himself. One, two, two successes. Uh, there is a one, but I can't remember if only one one means anything. Nope, only one no, doesn't okay. mean anything. It's just doubles. Again, so that's successes. our house rule. Double ones, <clears throat> subtract two successes, double tens, add two successes. Because right. I think failures is interesting as success narratively. Um, but you have two successes. You do kick in the door. This is not a sturdily reinforced door. Uh, the deadbolt does kick inwards in a shatter of wood, but the house is there. You can't hear anything within it other than frantic sniffing in the basement. Because I've kicked a door in, um, I've drawn my weapon as well. Uh, and uh, how easy is it to see inside from where I'm all, standing. All of the lights are out. There are enough windows around the first floor. It's not quite open concept, but all of the doors to the various hallways are open. Again, the old style houses were really about segmenting different rooms as opposed to our new open concept. However, the rooms that you are in that you are able to see, there's a living room to your left. You're in a front foyer with stairs going up to your right. To your right side, you can see kind of an open space living room as well. And then there's a hallway leading back to what you would assume is a kitchen. You can see a little bit of a counter in the moonlight and a window leading out towards the backyard. It's well lit. There's enough moonlight through the windows that especially with your vampire vision, you can see. But you do have flashlights with your uniforms if you want to get those out to allow you to see finer details. Yeah, I'll, I'll have the flashlight out um, with the gun raised. Um, and uh, before... Moving any further, I will just quickly get on the radio and say, um, no answer, kick the door in. Officer Barbara and I are going in. Doors, come on. Right, sir. Val, there is a back door. It's screened that is ripped, and then the glass traditional sliding back door that is available. If you wanted to get in, let's just say it's very kickable. Hmm. Or are you going to wait in the backyard just in case someone comes out? No, it's getting into the back door would be good. We'll, we'll try and do that. Great. I'm going to give you this one for free. You had your embarrassment oh, yeah. with the metal up front. This is a glass door. It's just a shower of glass, and you're able to go into the house. Evangeline, you are outside with Percy having dashed into the basement. What are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, kneeling at the window that he went into. It was like a basement window, right? Yep. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, kneeling at the window, being, Percy, Percy, are you there? And you just hear, you hear panting, and then you hear sniffing, and you get like, and then he runs into another room in the basement. Like you can hear him running away, but he's excited. He's clearly on the hunt. Hey, hey, buddy, 
uh, you're doing good. She, she doesn't, I mean, he's, he's, he's being a good boy, you know? Like, he, it's her fault if she didn't give him clear directions. <laughs> <laughs> no patience for anyone, infinite patience for Percy. And that is oh, the sign yeah. of a good dog owner. Yep. So, Evangeline, are you going to stay at the window or are you going to enter the house? Uh, Evangeline is going to stay, uh, she's going to stay outside just in, because with all the other, with everyone else inside, uh, she's going to be on like perimeter watch. Cool. All right. So Evangeline's staying outside. The three of you are entering the house. There is a second floor above you. There's the main floor. And then you know from Percy having gotten through a window that there is a basement that you don't know which door necessarily leads there. Closets or basement doors are the same size in this house. What are each of you doing? What are your strategies? I like to think that we cut back to Everett and Doris and she's in the middle of saying, uh, God, the random shit that just comes to my head. Uh, she's just in the middle of being like, and you think with my eye? Uh, and she points to like her her whited out unseeing eye. She's like, oh, I would have trouble in the dark. But did you know when you're in a when you're on a pirate ship, pirates often more eye patches so they could see better in the dark and in the light at the same time. So actually, it's a bit of a boon. Did you know? And and Everett is like fully focused on like where his flashlight is going and 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 has his gun out in front of him and is kind of uh, sweeping and clearing rooms. Uh, and but it's still. <laughs> still actually engages with Doris and says, uh, yeah, I think that turned out to be a myth, Officer Barbara. Well, it wasn't on the ships I was on. Right, I guess. I guess you would have first-hand experience then. Unless they were lying to me. Al will show up, like, having walked from the back of the house and just, like, appear in one of Everett's sweeps of his flashlight. And in stark contrast, is not talking, is trying to be quiet, and, and points, like, up or down, and then arms up, like, which? <laughs> like, who's going where, type thing. Yeah. Uh, Everett will... will go up. Okay, great. And uh, Everett will point to Val and point up as well. Okay, <clears throat> so Val will go up with Doris. <laughs> as they're climbing up, did I ever tell you about the story of the pirate? And just, like, trails off. Uh, Everett on the radio um, to Evangeline will say uh, Clark, Miller, and Barbara are taking the second floor. I'm checking the basement. Uh, all right. Acknowledge. Keep and watch out here. Is your dog still in the basement? Evangeline kneels down the window again like, Percy? Percy, where are you, buddy? Back, back. <laughs> and then he's just <laughs> sniffing away. Can I hear where that came from? Basement. It's definitely basement. He's searching the basement. Yeah. He's doing a he's doing a sweep of the basement for sure. Nothing found yet. Yeah, from what you can see, the basement's also split into several different areas, and it's the full size of the house. This is one of those rare houses where the basement is a big square underneath. So there's a lot for him to search. It's very musty, messy, things all over the place. So we will cut to upstairs where you begin uh climbing the stairs and searching who's in the lead and who's behind. I oh. think as soon as they get to the top of the steps, Val would put a hand on top of Doris's hat and just say quiet and try and listen and try and figure out like the if she can hear any heartbeats or any movement from the top level of the house and then be in point moving through it, trying to clear all the rooms. Great. Can you roll me a, I would say wits and awareness would make sense. Or uh, I would also consider a physical straight trait if you were like, oh, dexterity or composure if you were trying to stay still. 
Yeah, actually, composure would be perfect for what I was right. thinking. Yeah. Let's do composure so, and awareness. And awareness. Okay. I got three successes. You don't hear any heartbeats. You don't hear any sounds. You don't hear anything of that like upstairs. It seems like this is an empty house. Okay. Uh, what you'll also notice just from being here is that two of the doors have spider webs on them and seem like they're not being used. And the third one is functional. It's been cleaned. It seems like there's an open and shut on it. The paint is also still peeling, but it's better maintained than the other two. Yeah, I guess going in and then checking that room before we head back down. Oh, Doris is going to uh, um, just trying without Val seeing she's going to just pull up in a, a vial and try to catch some spiders in the spider webs before she goes in the nice room. Perfect. Got to keep stocked up, you know, what? Mm-hmm. you got to keep your, your vials under your hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val, you open the door and find a room that is a riot of color and light. It's all white and yellow and red. It is full of fucking clowns. Just clowns everywhere. An insane amount of clowns painted on walls, clown figurines, clowns everywhere else. They're all internally lit. A bunch of them are spinning. When you open the door, you can see a string to the top that attaches that when the door opens, just turns on all these different electronic things. You get that like, (laughs) all these other things from (laughs) these clowns. And you realize a number of them uh, appear to be living or dead they either look very happy very sad it's a full range of emotion but put together in such a random order that there's no logic to it and a couple of them have fangs painted on them uh doris can you roll me a wits and i would accept a cult or i would accept uh is there like a psychology in here of course there isn't um i'll use a cult yeah cult it's my strong. strongest yeah yeah all right. Uh, one, two, three. Three. Three successes. Yes. Uh, th- this is the room of a disturbed individual. Really? Uh, but from what you can see looking at the various dolls and clowns and the way that they're placed, this appears to be someone who can't actually tell the difference between happy expressions or sad expressions or the living or the dead. It's somebody who just sees people as like vague outlines of things. So there are extremes of the color. They seem to have fixated on clowns. Uh, But you could, it it might be a bit of a stretch based on the minimal evidence you have. But for somebody who's not really able to tell the difference between vampires and people and might not be great at the forensic evidence, this would suggest you have somebody who's in a dark, dark place. Mm Hmm. Um. Uh, she's just going to, um, she's going to kind of whisper to Val, just being like, even better, our ice truck killer's also a psychopath. It makes it more fun, wouldn't you say? Val's going to get on the, the, the walkie-talkies and just be like, some fucked up shit up here, but no bodies, no people. So many clowns. Fucking clowns, though. We got lots of those. Okay, so Everett was ready to say, like, copy until <laughs> until Miller uh, Val's radio, like, picks up Barbara saying, like, behind her, like, lots of clowns and just, like, it's just... And then for Val to confirm that that's what's up there is just got, like, that, for whatever reason, the pirate conversation did not take Everett out of the moment of, like, searching and clearing and sweeping and clearing, but that fully stops him and he, like, 
just was not ready for clowns. Uh, uh, and he, uh, he finally says like, uh, Roger, uh, stay sharp. I'm heading down to the basement. No, Everett, Roger you that. open, Everett, you open the door to the basement and start heading down. It is the stereotypical 1980s horror stairway into a dark basement filled with knickknacks and other things. All very dusty, all very musty. You can't see terribly far in the basement. There's minimal lighting down here, but there is a light switch to your left. Do you turn it on? Or do you stick with the flashlight? I think I stick with the flashlight. Great. So you begin moving through like these we've all random... seen speed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it would be of just like of just I'm not taking my hands away to like turn a light switch if I'm in that that headspace of like having my weapon ready, having my flashlight up there with my gun. There's just I, you don't do light switches until you're safe. And so, yep. yes, he goes. So you are moving through the basement trying to figure out this maze of small rooms and shelving units. And in the distance, uh, at the other end of the basement, you just hear this little dog voice just going like, woo, woo. Uh, Evangeline, you know, that means Percy found something. That's Percy's like, come here, I found some shit sound. Mm-hmm. Everett does not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Everett might not even know it's a dog. Oh, Evangeline gets on the walkie immediately. And just like, Percy's found something in the basement. I don't know what, but he's found something. Uh, Over. I'm here. I'm here. So Everett, you make your way through the mess and around most of it, and you end up in a corner of the basement where you can see three of the full butcher-sized freezers, the ones that are almost as tall as mid-torso on a person, at least seven feet long, four feet wide, very deep. They open from the top on either side. Uh, Percy is scrabbling at one and doing his little... And then going over to the next one, scrabbling it and doing the same sound, and going to the third one and scrabbling it and doing the same sound. What do you do? You're in you're in your dark room with three freezers and a flashlight. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, first and foremost, uh good boy, Percy. Good boy. He's very happy. He sits at his tail wags. Uh I'll uh I'm gonna open a freezer. Great. Behind door number one. You reach out and open a freezer, leaning down and leaning over with your flashlight to be able to see inside it. You do see two corpses of people that are frozen solid in full outfits. And that's when you hear the clink of a small piece of metal hitting the floor behind you. And you look up with your flashlight and see a string going from the door to the ceiling. And above you, there's just a puff of gas. And you don't know what it is. And Percy starts crying. And then you breathe in and your lungs feel like they're full of knives as you realize it's silver nitrate filling the air. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are what's really going on right now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. 
When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.